0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of 808s and Drape, also the Whatever Podcast with my co-hosts Beats Gordy and Silo, yours truly, Tony Draper. We have some great guests for you. We have Julius Darrington, part two of his interview. He was the a r for R. Kelly, so he has some inside information about R. Kelly, what all went on with him before the Lifetime special and music that we haven't heard, so You must listen. Then we have Metal Calica out of Little Rock, Arkansas. 22-year-old rapper. He raps about mental health awareness, so he's rapping about a message. Good kid. Get to know him. Check out his interview with us on the pod. Also, we have Tasha B. Braxton. She's an author. She's uh, wrote a book about abuse for black women growing up in America. And she also... Uh, is a former singer. You could check her out on Instagram and Twitter, but stay tuned. We have great interviews coming. Let's go.
1: Hey,
0: good. how you doing? My bad, Joe. <laughs> so we we got to apologize because we lost all uh, We All of it? No, I do. Uh, yeah. That's all good, <laughs> Joe. I mean, you know. All the all the exclusive stuff that we talked about last week. <laughs> I don't even I don't even remember what I talked
2: about.
1: It was yeah. talking about some of the, um,
0: well, that was um, in the in the works for uh, Kells before uh, the lifetime situation happened. Um, some of the projects he was working on, and you um, was talking about uh, how he was able to um, how you were going to be able to help him as a A uh, and R utilize his talents to uh, better fit him.
2: Oh yeah, um, basically uh, we did three albums. You know what I'm saying? We did three albums. Um, one of them was a double album, and um, those projects are done pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Right.
1: Pretty much done.
2: You know. So we really want to drop the first album um, last November. Uh, it was scheduled to drop November twelfth of last year before he got, you know, incarcerated, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, so that threw off everything, but, um, yeah, so, it was just crazy, man, to see him work, you know what I mean, and, and see him pump those records out, and the ideas we got, and, and we did, and, you know, the project's coming out, though, you know what I mean, I just don't know when, it's up to him, you know what I mean, but like I said before, right now, it's all about his case, and all about him trying to um, defend himself, you know what I'm saying? And uh, that's the most important thing right now. But, you know, he make it through this, then the music's coming back out, and hopefully he can have you know. Um, so, you know, that's pretty much what I'm talking about. Yeah, you had a story
0: about uh, he also wanted to, one of his dreams, you asked
2: as a, to do your job oh, as yeah, yeah, possible.
0: yeah, Yeah, that was a great yeah, yeah. So story.
2: So I was in a studio with him, and um, my thing as an and r is always to serve the artist's creative ideas, you know what I mean? Um, basically, we come together and he say, look, this is the kind of album I want to do. It's my job to facilitate the whole process, you know? So if he want to do this kind of album, I got to get him with this producer. I got to get him with that artist for a feature. I got to get him with, you know what I mean? I got to put all the things around the artist to make sure that happen. you know what I mean? So, um we was doing a, we got an album that, uh, that was done that's, that's kind of like on the uh, love layer kind of vibe. That's one of the projects, right? So um, I was in the studio with him. I said, man, what, what have you not done? You know what I mean? Like, what have you not done that you would like to do, you know, that I can help you do? Cause I was on my way back to LA. He
1: mm-hmm.
2: was like, man, you know, I would love to produce a Steve Wonder album. You know what I'm saying? He said, that's something I always wanted to do. I never got around to doing it. His schedule, my schedule. You know what I'm saying? But he said, like, that's the big homie though. You know what I mean? And, and I would love to produce it. So I went back to LA and called some people connected to Stevie and they was like, they were open, open to it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know if Stevie got the information. I just know his people was like, open to the conversation, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, of course this is before all this, Backlash and lifetime documentaries and stuff. Yeah. So it was like it wasn't a bad thing to collab with, you know, King of R&B. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. um And it's still not a bad thing, but it's a bad thing for people's, you know, everything's going on right now. People don't want to attach themselves with, with that until that's completely solved. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah. So I got back with him and told him like, "Yo, um, I got a hold of some some guys that." that's close with Stevie and they open for the you know for that to happen like they said he would love to do it you know and um um come back to Chicago I got something for you so I went back to Chicago and he, he had 40 songs cool. already done you know saying, for Stevie and it was all sounds just like Stevie Wonder it's crazy mm. dang Whew.
3: Man, I hope that's the yeah. There's no, police. there's no denying he's talented. He's real talented, dude. Man, now you, you, mean, told,
0: man. you mentioned before that uh, when the situation of his incarceration happened, that he advised you to uh, go through some of his old work. Yeah. How expensive is that work?
2: Like, how many years and how much music exactly? Uh, he, you think? he had so. Is real organized, you know, because, of course you know, we got computers and stuff, you know, so he basically had a hard drive for every album, you know what I mean? So, how he work is this. This is how he work, and I'm gonna just keep it 100 with y'all. So, how he work is this. If he trying to do an album, he do like six, seven albums to get that one album. You know what I mean? And it was like, it was crazy for me because I never worked in that kind of environment, you know what I'm saying? It's like, if we want to do 12 songs we might cut we might cut 18 songs you know what i'm saying and pick out of the 18. he had cut like 400 you know what i'm saying so yeah. this this particular album we had we did it was like uh i thought the album was done you know and because we had worked on it for like six months you know what i'm saying we're just cutting 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 cutting, cutting, cutting. and i was like I was the one that was helping him go through the, the body of work and say, look, this is the best 12 right here.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I picked the best 12 songs, crazy album. And we were listening to it. We had a party. People were listening to it, like, man, new Kale's new album about to come out. And he pulled me in the studio and was like, okay, we gotta beat all 12 of these songs. Damn. This week. I'm like, man, what you mean, Joe? Like, oh no, we gotta beat them. Like, I got to go in the studio and I got to beat every song. Cause they, they love the songs, but I want them to be insane about these songs. So I want this to be my best album ever. So I want to beat every song. Yeah, so that's... I had, yeah. So I had to try to help him do records that was better than the songs that we picked for the album. Hmm. And then he did, he did records that was even better than those songs in like two weeks, you know? So that's his process. So since that's his Process every project. He have hundreds of songs that's that's never been released. That's why throughout his career, he was able to do so much for the Ozzy brothers. He was able to do so much for everybody because he got a vault for every project. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like Marcus Houston and B2K and everybody can get a song from me because he was going his vault. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So he gave me. Like basically the keys to the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: It's probably it. over
2: thousands of songs. And it was over like forty thousand records, bro.
3: Like, Damn. Was, that's, a, that's a crazy mental aspect you gotta have, man, to make a song then you battle yourself with that song. Like, nah, I need this to uh, be better than that. So yeah, I and yeah,
0: competition with yourself.
2: Right, right.
3: With
0: all thousands and of, thousands of songs. Out of all his albums that he did, that we do have,
2: uh, which ones did you AR on notice? The ones that came out? Yes. None of them. Oh, okay. I was not, the the lead AR for all the albums that came out was Wayne Williams. Okay. I was his assistant. Uh, okay. So these projects that came out was my first lead AR albums. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But the song that's out that I AR is born to my music. Uh I admit you know what I mean? Those those songs. So okay. this this is gonna be my first go around as the lead and R. Okay. You know what I mean?
0: Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. damn. I know it hurt when all this that lifetime shit happened and caused the the all the attention and it was like the the wave. It's like it, it created a new movement. So I I know that was that sucks. Dude.
2: It's like, man. It's like this, man. You know, I, I'm a firm believer in God, and I think everything happened for a reason. I think um, I know I know him personally, you know what I'm saying, and I know he's not what they're trying to say he is, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, you know, and like I told him to his face. Only thing he has done that has allowed for this to happen is just be too open to people, you know what I mean? And, you know, that's kind of like the duality to it, because he has to be an open person to be so creative. You know what I mean? That's why his music was so creative and so everyday people, because he was around everyday people. But if you are an icon and you surround yourself with everyday people too much, then things like this happen because you are. They look at you as the plug or the or the opportunity. So everybody got an idea of why they want to be friends with you, when you just want to kick it and and have a good time. But they like, okay, I need you to save my life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you got that many people pulling on you for so many years, and so many people with these opportunistic ideas about how they can use you to bring themselves up.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: and that's the uh, and the blood is in the water. Then it's the sharks go eat. You know what I'm saying? So that's mm-hmm. kind of like you know, not to get on deep into his case, but I'm letting y'all know as as men, that's that's what's happening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, it's like if I start a rumor about you, you know what I'm saying, and you know, just because of something that look like may look like what you think it is, and I start that rumor and I get some, some traction behind that rumor,
1: mm-hmm.
2: then anybody can jump on that rumor.
1: Yeah.
2: You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. anybody can jump on. I have rumors about me. I had rumors, you know, about me before in life. You know what I'm saying? And it's like if anybody had any traction of a rumor, yeah. Then everything you do look like that rumor.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying, yeah. It's so hard, especially nowadays, man. Where you pretty much uh, guilty to proven innocent, man. So.
2: Yeah, you get especially when you act. You know what I'm saying? And it's like yeah. this is what I always tell everybody, even when they try to throw that pedophile thing at me. I'm like, man, I know and have seen stories of pedophiles. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Pedophiles have kids. Accusing them of doing things to them. Right. You know what I mean? -hmm. R. Kelly has never had an underage or teenage girl coming out and saying this or that happened to him. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's never happened. So if you've been in the game for 30 years, you've had access to females for 30 straight years. And if you're a pedophile, at one point, there would be some teenagers coming out and saying, "Hey, I was touched. Hey, I was molested." You know what I mean? Yeah. There's never been nobody to say that. No. There's yeah. never been a teenager, a teenager or a child actually saying these things. It was
0: your um. Was your connection with him? How was your last conversation with
2: him? Oh man, he said uh, thanks. You know, thanks for supporting me and riding for me, bro. You know i'm doing terribly i'm doing terribly well in here right now
1: (laughs) yeah you know what i'm saying
2: he said uh uh you know i just want you to know that um i always tell you that you know you got all that head up under your hat you know what i'm saying and and um next time i buy your hat i ain't gonna buy you a hat i'm gonna buy you the whole hat box (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i got a big hair like that he always said i got a (laughs) big That was a pound of my head, bro. Another thing you forgot was, like, your top uh, five R&B records. Oh, yeah, my top five R&B records ever. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Gaye, What's Going On, Uh, uh, Steve Wonder, Songs in the Key of Life, Uh, R. Kelly, the Double R album, R. (laughs) R. Kelly, Chocolate Factory, Mm. And R. Kelly, uh, TP
4: two,
0: yeah, them fire. I got a question. So you manage, uh, well, you work with King Lose, Uh I said uh, on part one of our interview how I thought he had the best verse on uh, Yeezus. I thought hey. the show at that time he was like, I was like, man, that's the king of Chicago. He about to the show take over. Do you still feel like that's where his trajectory is?
2: You said the king of Chicago? Yeah, and he from Chicago. King. Oh. Lo's from Baltimore. Oh shit! I thought he was from Chicago. Nah, <laughs> Baltimore. Iman, Iman Shumpert, Iman is from Chicago. Oh, okay, okay. But, yeah. Uh, Lo's from Bmore, Joe, and uh, he, uh, he, Lo's is a genius, man. You know what I'm saying? And he's mm-hmm. just uh, one of those artists that is, is really engaged with their art and their process, you know what I mean? Um, he got some projects that's about to drop. Right mm-hmm. now, the climate is so weird right now with everything that's going on with us. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of art is not dropping because the climate yeah. ain't right. You know what I'm saying? Can't go on tour. Like,
1: right, yeah,
2: you can't tour, you can't, you know what I'm saying? And, and some of your records may not even be relevant to mm-hmm. to what's going on, but Los is the kind of person he's really, uh, has a re- very elevated, thinking is very pro black and you know what I'm saying. So he got a lot of content that would definitely be relevant, but I don't know, I don't know when he's dropping. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I like him a lot. Yeah, but I uh you know, I had him in the studio with Kales, you know what I'm saying? I had him, we we did we did a few projects, uh me and Loz, that, that came out, you know what I'm saying? And uh, but I want him to do to put out an album and that's the next thing for him to put out an album. You know, it, we did rhythm and flow.
0: He don't have no, all his projects, man.
2: Mixtapes so far? Mixtapes, yeah. Uh, somewhat of an album mm-hmm. that came out under RCA. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's kind of like, when that happened, a little bit after that, that's when I came on board. And they didn't, I don't really think they did a good job in marketing that project. It's an album, you know what I mean? So he's never really had a full push for an album, you know what I mean? So yeah. everything he's done is based off mixtapes, features, stuff like that. Dang. So this next thing he's doing is gonna be like his first push as, you know, a real album, you know what I mean? So Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: That's a- I think
0: the first person I heard to, um give like a um a good okay for uh
2: King Lose was Diddy. Yeah, Diddy, he the guy who kind of co signed him. Co signed him and got him and put him uh, in the, the light of everybody. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, but Everybody, you know, respect Lois, man. Kendrick, everybody. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, he's like a big homie to a lot of guys, even Kendrick. You know what I'm saying? Um, Kendrick just got famous. You know what I'm saying? But Lois is doing that, doing that type of music, you know, when Kendrick was a little homie. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he, like, he's one of those genius type level artists, bro. He's... Like, he's really a genius, you know what I'm saying? And um, when it comes down to his art and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, very smart guy as well. You know what I mean? Uh, love, him, love him to death. Talk your head off, but I love him to death. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. So you, King Los, man. I you know, I'm, I watch battle rap a lot, man. I seen he has stepped on the battle rap stage, man. How you feel
2: about that? I mean, you know, he's to me, he's so, he's a uh, graduated from that. Level, you know what I'm saying, but it was still good, good to see him jump in, and uh, in that sport, you know what I mean. This is really a sport, you know. Yeah. Um. I think it's, it's very hard to see anybody try to battle him, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but he's so clever lyrically. That sometimes, sometimes stuff go people head. They don't even get. Yeah. How he uh, yeah. killed the bar, or how he. Put these words together that made so much sense, you know what I mean. So he's um, I think the next level for him, honestly, is just putting out his music, you know, getting on the road, and becoming a teacher, you know what I mean, a teacher of the culture, mm, yeah. you know what I mean, black culture, teacher of hip hop culture, and just just like you did on the uh, when we did uh, rhythm and flow, how he was like a mentor for all the rappers. On the show, you know what I mean. Yeah. That's the next level for him is to be, a more, be even more of a don. You know what I'm saying? For yeah. a, for hip hop and show people really the science of how to rap. You know what I mean? Because uh as far as straight rapping, like just rap, can't mm-hmm. nobody rap better than those. I feel you. You know what I mean? When we talking about just rapping, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, it's not about rapping. It's about the brand. It's about the, the, the social media. He, uh, it's about you know all that kind of stuff you know yeah. the movement. But when it comes down to just straight rap, there's not a lot of people on that on that level. Trust it. Yeah.
0: So we're working with a few artists. What are some of their um, like atmosphere as far as recording?
2: Um. Yeah, man. So every artist is different. I try to work with the best of the best, you know, because um, I feel like I'm one of the best at what I do. For me to really get involved you know spiritually involved with a project I, I got to feel like they're the best you know what I mean and I gotta feel like they're gonna bring out the best in me you know to do do what I do you know so um every artist that that's the best in what they do they always have a different environment you know what I mean to bring out th- their best mm-hmm. so um Timothy Bloom I know you're heard of him he's a two-time Grammy winner genius level producer and artist. Mm-hmm. Timothy Bloom, his studio environment is very um, soulful, but it's like, it's very kind of mind you know, of a reggae vibe. You know what I'm saying? It's very spiritual vibe. He got like certain rocks in certain places. And you know I mean, um, his studio is in his home. He don't like recording record nowhere else. Um, King Los, he like, his, his atmosphere to be more people in the studio with him, you know what I'm saying? He like to have conversations in the studio to inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's very open in the studio, like open to mm-hmm. not really ideas as far as, as far as creative ideas towards him rapping, but he's open to like conversations and stuff like that going on in the studio, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Kales is a total different, total different thing. He, he like for his studios to be exclusive, studio sessions to be exclusive. Um pretty much nobody's in there while he's recording except his engineers or maybe his AR. Um you don't record in front of nobody, you know what I'm saying? Except like myself, his engineers, and Wayne Williams. So it's only been a handful of people who's actually seen him work. You know what I mean? He's very exclusive with that you know what i mean and i don't know why you know what i'm saying because it's like ain't nothing to hide. you just dope you know what i'm saying but he likes to jump into the character also of r kelly r kelly and robert is two different characters you know what i'm saying so i can tell what he about to record because he jumped into r kelly character you know what i mean yeah it's a whole different vibe. you know he he, hip-hop kind of flashy clothes maybe sunglasses and he started getting into this whole character, then, then he turns into Kells. You know what I mean?
0: That's like um, the, so he actually looked the studio. It's kind of like uh,
2: huh? it's kind of
0: like when actors got a like uh, real, they get into that like the Heath Ledger like I'm about to get into this character.
2: Yeah, that's what it is. That's what that's what R. Kelly is. It's a, it's a character. You know what I mean? So it was like I can I can see when you go from Rob to R. Kelly. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, one time we was in the studio, I had my brother in the studio. My brother's a producer, you know what I mean? Um, not Grammy nominated producer, man, Tub Young, Calvin Tub Young Frazier. So yes, sir. he was in Chicago, cause he's a, he was a musical director for BJ the Chicago Kid. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. So they was in Chicago doing a show and I called I called him like, yo, come to the studio, man. I'm in the studio with uh Mikhail's and we about to die. So he came to the studio and um, the studio is like the, when you walk in the studio, it's like a club. But then you go back into the room, the hallway. That's the actual studio. Studio. So mm-hmm. the, when you walk in, it's like a lounge. It's like a bar. It's a TV. It's, it's everything. So it's a chill lounge, like a cigar lounge. Mm-hmm. So we're in the cigar lounge, and I told uh, Kel, I'm like, I'm like, yo, my brother got some got some tracks, man. You want to play for you? You got some you got some stuff, man, I think you would like. He said, okay, y'all go in the studio and I'll be in there in about 15 minutes. You know what I mean? So you came to the studio with a whole other outfit on, with the glasses on, with the earrings <laughs> in, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he do. He had to come in as R. Kelly. You couldn't come in as like, I'm kicking but y'all open and I'm about yeah. to walk back to the studio. You know what I mean? He had to go up, get in character, get in music mode. <laughs> yes, sir. Even attack attack the music, so I, I I thought that was very fascinating. You
0: know what I'm saying? Yeah, so that's pretty dope. We got like four minutes left on the um, Zoom. Just yeah, to get into some of the stuff that you got uh coming up for you. Uh, some of your social media uh
2: platforms. Yeah, so um, what I'm doing now um, I just pretty much finished Iman Shumpers album. Um, we were supposed to release that, but like I said, the climate right now is not, you know, for releasing no whole projects right now, you know what I mean? So we kind of try to figure out when's a good time. Um, it was set to be released probably like around now, you know what I mean? But everything's going on, not, you know, that's not coming out right now. Mm-hmm. Unless he knows something, know something I don't know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, um... But uh, um, just finished his project. The
0: playoffs now, huh? I said, shit, he got a chance to make the playoffs now.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the whole NBA thing. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, I don't know what they're gonna do. You know what I'm saying? They they're trying to do something with Orlando or something like that. But yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, so, but he stays in shape and stay ready. You know what I mean? Stay in shape, stay ready. You know, I try to call, I'm a big guy, right? You know, I tried to, I tried to, like, get him horse playing a little bit, trying to show him that I can post him up, you know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> right. probably can. It, show, it It goes to show that those athletes, man, they're on another level, you know what I yeah. mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm a big dude. I'm like 6'2", 270, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he like 6'5", 215, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm going to push him around. Yeah. Not, it, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. That's wild. He was looking at me like, he was looking at me like, Joe, what you doing, Joe? Like, come on, what you doing, bro? Like, I'm playing the post. Yeah. And I looked up some videos of him, I looked up some videos of Dirk having trouble posting him up. Yeah, that's
0: wild.
2: Wow. Right, that's fine. And I'm putting my whole 275 on him, like body to body, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't, he wasn't moving. <laughs> and not only was he not moving, you know how you, you play defense with your forearm like that, right? Yeah. He wouldn't even do that. He would just have his hands up, let me do that to his stomach. <laughs> like, <laughs> just straight up deep. Damn. You're like, moving. bro, you two, like, bro, this ain't nothing. Like, so that was a very interesting experience. I never, I never put my weight on a grown man and didn't get no, you know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? No results, you know. I'm like, wow, you niggas strong, you know. So, uh,
3: so he was looking at he was looking at you like Jordan did. Scott Burrell.
2: man. He was like, <laughs> like bro, what you doing, bro? Like this ain't. I play the post, like
1: yeah, So like,
2: like, I just wanted to see how strong you was, you know what I mean? But yeah, they they strength, like you know what I mean,
1: yes. Sir. So
2: um, so yeah, it just uh, just finish this project he got another project he about to start
1: mm-hmm. and
2: I'll be doing our consulting and stuff like that for his label called a sinner's Piece records, you know, um, and he's looking to sign artists and sign producers as well. You know what I mean? I'm helping him facilitate those things. Um, and another one of my main focuses is, uh, my label audio dream records. Um, I got an artist signed named Sasha Sosa mm-hmm. and, uh, working with a guy named Cocaine Poppy and working with an artist named Fresco, you know what I mean? So, on my level, I'm interested also in in breaking my own artists, breaking my own um, imprint, you know what I'm saying? So, Mm -hmm. my label is is fully staffed right now. I got a full team. I got a lot of relationships all over the industry, thanks to Wayne Williams and R. Kelly and and Los and you know, Mind everybody who's worked with me, and I'm utilizing those things to benefit not just them but also my artists as well, you know what I mean? So we can all make it together. So
0: that's That's great having you on again. Uh, we're right under a minute, so um, if we if we lose it, then we can come back in and get your social media. But you can uh type in your social media,
2: yeah. Social media, Julius Darrington, you know what I'm saying? That's it. Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, you know what I mean? Julius Darrington. LinkedIn, Google me, Julius Darrington. American Music Executive, you know what I mean? And Entrepreneur. So I got a lot of things I'm doing. And uh, I just thank God, man. I thank y'all for y'all support. You know what I'm saying? I'm do a lot of interviews like that with y'all some cool brothers. You feel me? So, yes, sir. Um, you. I'm always happy to do whatever y'all need. I'm going to bring my artists on, too. Happy to have you would we'll love to have them on too as well yeah got you come back anytime bro yes sir and let me know when you have the links and stuff yes sir
0: sure. okay 100. so that was part two of the julius darington interview about r kelly it was a good interview it's uh good to see some insight from a friend of r kelly someone who's still sticking with him uh guilty or not and we have so much music we didn't hear from R. Kelly. It's just a sad story, and but next up we have the Whatever Podcast. It's Salo and Beats Gordy. We're just gonna touch on some topics from this week. Let's go. Here, go ahead. We can record. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. cancel list getting getting bigger every day. You see the yeah. Georgia, you talking about the Georgia football player, the dude who uh,
3: got exposed yeah. for yeah. for the Bills. Yeah, Jake From uh, I think that was, like, in 2019. I'm talking about, like, Doja Cat, Trina. Oh, yeah, Trina. Trina. Drew Brees.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Everybody getting canceled. Trina brought that on herself. She was just so hot-headed, like, chill. Listen to what you're saying. Duh. Yeah. You cannot you know, say. You cannot apologize after saying I said what I said. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> You know, and they be like, damn, if, if you're not talking, and that means you're part of the problem. I'm like, shit, it's probably best all them motherfuckers just don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> yeah, they talk, boy. I'm like, damn. Hope we don't that yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> that boy, did you see uh, Marcellus Bennett? Uh, he was going in on Drew Brees. And he was like, because uh, Aaron Rodgers been trying to get credit. Like, yeah, I started with the locking arms. And Martellus business came out like, man, that uh, arm-locking ain't nothing. And that was playing it safe, too. I got about to hear uh, Drew Breeze, both of y'all. Now y'all want to say something. I was like, that boy. In, don't in the middle of the season, when it's all going down and mm-hmm. you got blockers and a whole a whole line of uh, players that's protecting you, yeah, you're not going to say, I'm not about to kneel. You know what I'm saying? So Drew Brees basically was speaking for how he really felt. So mm-hmm. I would rather somebody speak how they really feel as opposed to just playing it safe or uh, like he did before. He took a knee with his teammates, but he really didn't mean that shit. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Right.
0: Like, you would rather rather know who's around you and how they really feel as opposed to having somebody just faking around you, and then it comes time for them to retire. And now it's like how people uh, look at Jordan. You know what I'm saying? People look at Jordan and be like, well, damn, I mean, we thought he was an asshole on the court, but, damn, he really, like, don't fuck with nobody, really. You know what I'm saying? So
3: yeah, it's um, kind of crazy. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. Uh, earlier in the weekend, <laughs> uh, uh, I really I'd rather be around a racist than a motherfucker that's a pretend. Yep. And pretend yep. to be your friend. He races as hell. This shit. So. It was like yeah.
0: you gotta. It's like uh, um, one of – it's like uh, I seen a the stat. They said one is a fox and one is a wolf. One of them, like uh, the oh, fox. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that shit crazy. Yeah, the Malcolm Malcolm X, is, what it? said. Uh, oh, he said the fox is, is more cunning, so he's gonna he's he's uh, it's gonna be easier to get the land chop on his plate, but the wolf is more. It's gonna show his teeth to you and shit. So yeah, it, yeah it's more difficult to get the land chop. I yeah. say we kill the fox and the wolf. <laughs> yeah, they they both they both after your head. Shit, yeah. might as well, boy.
0: And then, I don't know, it's like Drew Brees, I ain't making no excuse for him, but, like, like, he real, like, super patriot. He always been like that. Like, he was, like, uh, filmed going overseas with the Army people for real. He was there. So, I think he was just, like, so uh, – he was just doubling down on his Army the way he, – he, he was just ignorant. I don't think he'd be racist. He was yeah.
3: ignorant on that one. And – yeah, he says his grandfather heard him in World War Two, but my whole both. thing is like, I think yeah, his father yeah,
0: and his father's side, they both uh,
1: served yeah. in
3: uh, World War II. the only thing I don't get, I'm like, hey, y'all still don't know why this, yeah, uh, cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the man I already t- again, uh, veterans came out and said, well, he's not disrespecting the flag for a cause. I'm like, about mm-hmm. it, like, yeah, people that they don't, have never been in the military. <laughs>
0: They don't even look at the fact that we had people over there that was while they couldn't really have even civil rights here, you know what I'm saying? Even that aspect of it is people that his grandparents fought with in the same war that didn't have the same rights coming over here that they
3: had. Right. You know
0: yep. Me, he me. And made a good point. She said her grandfather served too, and he didn't. He didn't have the uh, civil uh, rights. So our granddad that aspect our granddad. of it. Feel our great granddad uh served as a slave in World War II. He came over from uh Trinidad through the British slave transport. He came through New York, ended up in Virginia, and he fought in World War II. Uh I got uh right. slave papers on ancestry and, and his uh war papers. So it's crazy. Like, like people forget yeah, how they they don't they don't have, have
3: like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, we've been, fighting, we've been fighting wars that we don't belong in since, like, the 1800s, bro. Uh, it's been 61 documented wars, man, that we've been in. And I think he said black folks was actually 90% of the help and shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm definitely. saying? We, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah a, I seen a meme. I just seen a meme it was like a mountain and a white dude and a black dude had just got up half of it. And they said, Oh, we just getting started. Uh, uh, we got more work to do. And they basically said, uh, understanding racism and, uh, doing something about it. And the white dude was illustrated, like beat, like he just ran a mile. And the black dude was like, we just getting started. <laughs> uh, Times, uh, New York made that they put it on the front as an illustrated cartoon That shit your heart.
3: Yeah, that's it. So true, though.
0: And they got the charges for the other three uh officers in the uh George Floyd case, too. Mm-hmm. And it's like I had to post that, but I then posted the uh clip of Kobe after uh game two when the reporter was like, I don't see a smile on you. And he was like, Job's not done. Yeah, are we done? Like, Job's not done. You yeah, know what was, I
3: mean? yeah, those charges. Yeah. He could e- they could easily be found not guilty, so it's okay. <laughs> as quick as they'll show up.
0: no, it's too white, too much white. Barely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but I guess we all kind of feel the same right now. Like, man, we ain't satisfied. But in other news, we did find out the last NBA coming back to Orlando. They doing 22 teams.
3: Uh, Thirteen team teams. Hey, what's up with that?
0: Yeah, I think uh, twenty-two team stuff. I think they what United is uh, <laughs> like uh, it's it was so much many games left for the season that it was like thirty games, and it was like five teams from each conference that probably still could have made it in. So they let him. I think they picked like okay. You two teams are actually in playoff contentions on the West because so, they got nine teams. And on the East is 13. Yeah. 13. So, I, I think they're giving them a, all, like, a, a play-in round. So, you get a week worth of, like, a season. And then they're going to have a play-in game. If the ninth seed, four games of the eighth seed. And then they going to start the playoffs. Okay. That's about to be lit. Can you imagine all the athletes, NBA players, in one city in Orlando?
3: Oh yeah, shoot, Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> they, they they might just gotta stay inside, man. Mm-hmm. The athletes, because like you said, it's gonna be lit. <laughs> Let's say just gonna be staying at Disney.
0: Right. They probably got the complex. It's gonna be like the Olympics. Like you know how that is. All the yeah.
3: You know. All shoot, the- but that that long period of time though.
0: Oh, All the group. Yeah, they'd probably they'd probably win, win. uh a space jam dome like uh they did on Warner Brother Lot with <laughs> Michael Jordan. Ahead, that
3: shit in space. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who y'all think gonna win it? Y'all yeah. think it's still gonna be uh and then they saying uh Kevin Durant might get a chance to uh since the season then got extended, Kevin Durant might come back. Uh-oh. Man. Be, Brooklyn, Brooklyn in contention, right? They seven seed. they the seven seed. Seven seed. seed. You yeah. know, I don't think they're gonna drop either. Mm-hmm. If the, if Durant come in, they won't drop. They probably go up if they um, if they can, they'll probably go up to like four. I mean, not four, maybe five. Yeah, they probably seven. That's possible. Yeah, it's gonna be nasty. Uh, right now – It just depends on momentum. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody else – everybody done stopped. So, it's not like nobody got a momentum on them either. So, yeah. like Kevin Durant starting off, everybody else restarting too. Down straight. They would have to play Toronto if playoffs started today.
1: <laughs>
0: and, uh, and with Durant, they can beat him. That will be nice, man. That will be, like, the best part of the season to get his, him to come back. Like, it was Saudi uh, losing him last year and didn't get to see him all year. So, that would be a plus. And then they cheated. Uh, They didn't put – like, we didn't extend it to 13 teams. Now they got uh, gave Zion a chance to get in the playoffs. You know how the NBA do for the stars. They gave Zion a shot. That would be dope. Wow.
3: You look at these standards, man.
0: Yeah, it's like right now we will have uh, the Blazers is 9, Pelicans 10, and Kings 11. So, uh, and Memphis 8 with John Morant, the young man leading his team. So, that'll be good. The the playoffs, to see who actually get in for the West is going to be just as good as the playoffs. This little play-in tournament going to be dope. I think they should do it yeah. here. Yeah, that
3: old school eight teams from East. I mean the West. Yeah, we are there. Mm-hmm. got six teams clutched on both sides. Man. Yeah. Well, shit, now that I look at it,
0: Brooklyn and Brooklyn not going to go up that much because they down by um
3: they down nine games. Eight, so. yeah,
0: eight, yeah, eight nine games. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But they they better than the teams that's right here with Durant. Yeah. How yeah, yeah, many teams from the East? teams?
3: I mean the East <laughs> the East is bad again. Yeah, they ain't look out too bad. good. Well, Milwaukee, I mean mm-hmm. Milwaukee or the Raptors and the
0: Celtics and the yeah. Sixers good, but like they good, but like that's why they the 6 seed now cuz NB lazy and Ben Simmons can't But shooting. coming from this coming from this off being off it's not an advantage for the uh Sixers, I don't think. I think the Sixers not going to do too well starting off, restarting. Definitely not. Yeah. Any team, any teams that's, like, got shooters, it, it's going to take them a while to, like, get readjusted. But they ain't going to have that much time to readjust because it's a short-ass uh, season. Mm-hmm. And they, don't, they so already have a problems. Yeah, they're going to have to get up and go right away because it's like, you Don't have no time no margin for error, no margin for uh trying to get adjusted. You got to be adjusted already, right? Mm-hmm. Man, so anything Nike donated 40 million to black communities that's dope. I think
3: Nike did a lot too. Lego, Lego, yeah. So, I think. Things happening, man. So not gotta, only that,
0: but the um mayor in California, uh, in LA, um took some of the budget from the officers and donated to um the black communities too.
3: Yeah, how you feel about that? no <laughs> uh, you know, the you know, fact that we got, you know, we said we got good cops and bad cops. So you think that's, you think that's fair on the good cops? I mean, or you, mean, gotta, or it, you looking? We just gotta look at the bigger picture.
0: Chris Rock Chris Rock said the worst analogy, but the only way to describe it is like a few bad apples spoiled a bunch.
1: Yeah.
0: So I mean, it's is is putting accountability point. on all the officers.
1: Because yeah.
0: just like just like if I say something fucked up on pot, we all gonna be <laughs> basically in trouble for that shit. You and know that, what I'm saying? They do the black people. Um, we one bad apple do spoil a bunch when it come to us. Like one of us do something, exactly. all my like, people will be like, "Y'all some savages." But one cop do something bad, they say, "Oh, it's still good cops." And Shannon Tharp said, yeah, exactly. "The good cop don't say nothing. He just became a bad cop. He just pretty bad. much,
3: yeah, he just as bad as the just bad as the dude that killed
0: him." So, like, let's say you in school and your teacher like does something that's out of character of a teacher your mom will mostly say why the school let her do that
1: right
3: yeah they're she yeah, gone
0: like the teacher they're gonna say why the school let you do that or why you yeah. why allowed to do that in the school so it's it's with everything it's with us but then with cops is
3: yeah a good analogy they, they also said like can't have one bad pilot there. <laughs> you know what i'm saying you know, yeah. bad pilot the plan going down so yeah like I said, every, everything should be at a flat plane surface, man, but I mean uh, the, the corruption inside of law enforcement, man, that shit is so deep right now, man, so <laughs> Yeah, it's on every level and it's like uh
0: starts with how they gentrify our neighborhoods and then they won't let big yeah. like corporations into the black neighborhoods, they won't let uh, the school end up poor, then we get the education right. and the gap, and then they, yeah, I don't either. And then, when if you start booming drugs because we can't get a job because we didn't get an education or you don't know, like our culture, and we get over police, I think uh, you see I a mean, uh, yeah. football player, uh, he said he wore number 10, uh, he just got traded from the Texans to the Cardinals. Uh, the re- oh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, the, he, he uh, said he receiver, right? Yeah, he said he wear number ten because his uh cousin got ten years for six hundred dollars worth of drugs, and like that's a lot of time, man, for six hundred
3: dollars.
0: Even going back to the George Floyd situation, a, a white guy posted he paid with a counterfeit bill and he got probation, and mm-hmm. George Floyd got a death sentence. And they said it wasn't even real it was real. They just found out it was a real. The $20 bill was real. Yeah. That's wild. So did y'all, yeah. did y'all get to see the um the little live that uh Candace Owen put up?
3: Yeah, no, that chick, I, I never was so educated but so fucking dumb Man. at the same time. <laughs> <She's
1: like
3: laughs>
0: really sick. Like, I I don't I don't get how like they say Stockholm Syndrome, as far as like with her defending and caping for um the officers, but it's it's just like a deep sickness of you know, you ever met somebody who just wanna be right? Yeah. All the time. Even yeah. to the point where it's like, you know you wrong, but you gotta find an angle in being right in the situation. Yeah, like, I hate that shit. Like you don't run got, you down don't got. His whole his whole criminal record. Right. And it's like you can got, say all that stuff, it don't justify what happened.
3: Yeah, that got nothing to do with it. Like, I don't understand what people got to be either on this side or this side. Like, it's some shit in between also. And that's, that's mm-hmm. right and wrong shit. Like, <laughs> Exactly. Come yeah. on, man. I, so, I, help- I don't know what's up that shit. I think she
0: helping our cause because, like, black people, like, white people listen to the Republican banter and they be like, yeah, that shit right but they so used to saying we wrong that if somebody say a black person agree with them, they starting to look at it like, hmm, this shit, this shit don't sound right. So now it's like, <laughs> she turning people off that <laughs> Like, but they was with it. A uh, white person was saying it, but now a black woman saying it. They, that's like, so she she kind of helping. It's like, that's that says a lot that, and that's why it's like uh, a lot of people be on that black woman feminists. cuz like, they get treated uh, some feel like they get treated the worst. Like, let a black mm-hmm. woman do something, and it's the worst. And like, uh, what's the uh, black woman that got killed? Brianna um, um, Taylor. Brianna Taylor, oh, yeah. yeah. That's crazy.
3: So, it's so sad, right? I love that didn't just make no sense at all. But. And they
0: actually let her boyfriend go, and he busts back at him. So for them to let him go, you know, it was some wrongdoing by the police. They went in, um, they didn't yeah, that, have a warrant, and they also basically was playing clothes. Mm-hmm. So middle of the night, right. playing clothes, you don't have a um, uniform on. People gonna think you busting in or trying to break in. So he starts shooting.
3: Yeah, that that was kind of number one goal. was probably they form a form of, oh my bad. <laughs> there goes they to
0: right be charged too.
3: Yeah, but I mean you know how this you know how this country is, man. Yeah. We it's uh it's a lot Yeah, find a way to justify it. Cause. But I, I'm I'm really interested about uh these companies giving money to the black community, man. Yeah. A lot of it's we... gonna go it's gonna, it's gonna
1: it's gonna it's gonna come down to man, what they're gonna do with it. Oh yeah. Damn. man.
0: Am I doing it right? You sent me yours. No, you said yours. <laughs> okay. I forgot how I did that that last time. Okay. Yeah, trying to share screen? Yeah. I don't know. I messed it up. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was trying to show y'all but, um it you got a it. white you got it. lady who actually um spoke about um her living with her parents, who had different views about uh, race, with her, and it was like it was an emotional um, post because she was actually crying. Like she's living with uh, her parents, who's like totally clueless about the whole George uh, Floyd situation. I'm trying to find the video.
3: Oh, was it a video? It's like the, the young chick. She's talking to her dad mm. and talking to her mom. She was
0: she was making the live by herself. But it was like, uh, yeah. But you could
3: just hear their voices and shit.
1: I hate living these racist fucks. Like I just to
3: leave. Well, let me go back.
0: Like she she was really like, just telling what what was going on.
1: I do not want to live here. I I hate living in Louisiana. I hate living in these racist fucks. Like I just to leave. I literally hate my family so much, it's just, they're just trying to argue with me that George Floyd doesn't like, they just trying to tell me that, like, he deserved that because he did something wrong, and that it was okay, that is not okay, and it's just making me so upset, I don't know why. I do not wanna live here. I I hate living in Louisiana. I hate
0: living on these racist folks. Like I just leave. I do not wanna So like that situation is like not the only situation. Yeah. She's just able to speak out on it. You know what I'm saying? Like imagine we all have worked in either retail or whatever type of service and we work with white people and we figure like okay he cool, you know what I'm saying? But we don't never know the ends of how they were raised, how they were taught to think about us, you know what I'm saying? Which makes the situation even more of a um, precautionary tale to when you get pulled over, what's the cop thinking? Right. You know what I'm saying? His image of us is some shit that's like totally uncompromisable, but that's how they were raped, you know? Yeah, that's
3: that's why I don't get cops when, uh you know, some people get pulled over you know, they're like, yo, why are you so dramatic? It's like, shit, I don't want to get shot, man. I'm like, well, no, all cops are bad. I'm like, well, y'all got the same Im- image as us that, you know, all black folks are bad, man. So you got I to, don't, I don't understand why people can't look at views with somebody else's eyes, man. Like, that mm-hmm. that shit kind of pisses me off. And, out, and shout, shout out to Lionel uh, B for that uh, clip, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big shout out. I don't know, well, white some white folks do understand, man, is that we all is that we don't start at the same start line as they do, man. Like they they got a whole bunch of privileges that that we don't got, man. And <laughs> yeah. you understand they they was raised up and their parents already thinking that they uh that we're inferior to them and shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, especially when when you get tired of school, as far as the whole slavery and shit go, all that stuff going on, so. And automatically, in your mind, sometimes as a young kid, you probably thinking, like, damn, I'm, did our ancestors really grow up inferior to these people right here, man? And then they probably, kids, white kids that learning that, probably thinking that and vice versa, too. So
1: Yeah. And
3: um,
0: they had on TV all our lives. Uh, when we was young, we didn't get no black superheroes. We was always the uh, thug in the movie. We didn't get nothing. And on TV, they depicted us as thugs our whole lives growing up. They just stopped. That's why black. Yeah, cool, yeah. Not, I, we I, we still get slave movies and all that stuff. Like, and then they actually changed the narrative in some slave movies, like Harriet. <laughs> they had her as like a,
3: an avenger. <laughs> yeah, they should let that shit alone, man. Like, if you're not gonna do it mm. the way the way you know it's depicted, just don't do it at all, man. Like, they always whitewashing history. That's another thing. They always white. They even yeah, with Hughley
0: Bill hugely said when they white they whitewash Jesus, and then they even got. Black people still worship white Jesus. When yeah, that's that's that why it's alone, called
3: history.
0: That just mess up your mind on the lawn. That you yeah, got look like them. So we look <laughs> up to the, what somebody looked like them. That automatically make them look down on us. Yeah. They said they was going to have uh, Sandra Bullock play Harriet
3: Tubman. <laughs> uh, stop it, bro. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I, I did see that. <laughs> uh, a, a, a real producer said he, uh, he asked... A, a one person did. I seen that shit. It's sad. It's sad world. Man. Wow.
3: Yeah, that's why it's called history, man. Because it's his story. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't really. We don't really know what what went down back then, man. This is a the story these white folks telling us, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. We do know for sure we got treated unfairly.
1: Mm-hmm. So. We
3: just now
0: getting some stories of ours in history books.
1: Yeah, I remember man.
0: being in history when I right. was
3: real young, I ain't hear about a lot of stuff until I got to, like, high school. Yeah, it, it it take a lot of research, too, man. It take a whole lot of research. It do. That's why some many white folks, they be, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they be quote Martin Luther King, man. My cousin made a great point. He's like, shit, if he was of days speaking, speaking the way he spoke, man, people would be like, damn, y'all always want a handout, man. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah somebody said,
0: uh, was that on that same post? He said, somebody said he had a, uh, before he died, he had a, a 60% disapproval rating, and now he got a 90% approval rating. So it was like back then people hated him on the low. It
3: was like majority yeah. of people hated him then. Yeah, um, what, it, what it was, he was trying to get back some some land that we was promised and shit. That, that's what really got him killed and shit, like the whole segregation. was yeah. like, yeah, okay, but I mean. And he started talking yeah. about classism
0: too. He started, attacking, uh, started talking about we can't have poor people out here and yeah help. yeah
3: because yeah because he, he know that shit wasn't fair man
1: yeah.
3: like the way we was put in it's like yo like we supposed to be over here but y'all put us over here you know i'm saying y'all promise us this shit over here so he's like nah we got we need them checks man you got to cut that check we need that so yeah said, nope. and a lot of
0: people don't know he started talking about violent shit uh he started
1: talking
3: violent, like uh, not violent, but like he was aggressive too. At the end, yeah, yeah, because yeah, because yeah, the more people, the more poor black folks you started to see, man. That shit had them hot, bro. Hell yeah! What well, Uh yeah.
0: Next up, we have the up and coming rapper Metal Calic out of Little Rock, Arkansas. We just gonna get to know the kid, get to know his music, see what he's talking about. He has a cause: mental health awareness. So you can't hate that. So next up is the interview with the up-and-coming rock
3: Little Rock. I'ma let you introduce yourself.
4: people, I'm Metallic Galit. I'm a 22-year-old hip-hop artist coming out of the rock, and I'm do it different.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. First of all, it's good have you on, man. Like I said, appreciate you joining in, man. But I was going through some of your music, man. I was going to ask you how much, you know, how much does it mean, you know? How much does it mean to you by getting the message off to your music as far as the importance of mental health, especially at a time right now where people forced to stay home and, you know, some of those, some of those mental health issues stem from home?
4: Yes, sir. Um, a lot of people, you know, go through things and it's like they have this pain and all these things they feel and like they sometimes they feel like they need a voice to express that for them. So, it's, so I'm a, I'm grateful to be in a position to be a voice for people that are in pain and, just be able to give people something to relate to, you know? Definitely.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Who
0: were some of your <laughs> influences for your uh, music growing up? Who were some of the rappers that your favorites as a uh, kid? I love this question.
4: I got a list. Drake, hey. Kendrick, Cole, Jay-Z, Kanye. That's a dope ass list.
1: <laughs> hey. yeah. that's like yeah. a top five.
0: That's a nice top five of all time right there.
4: I appreciate you. I agree we just like hip-hop, but of course I like other genres, but like, like as hip-hop, like that's my favorite, you know?
0: As a person who actually sang, or uh, raps, I'm sorry, was one of the first songs that um, you gravitated towards that, let you know, either you wanted to do it or you could do it?
4: Um, So like in like March 2015, I was in 11th grade and I was sitting in class. And um I saw like a preview on like that piff of like Tigers mixtape. It was like lo- uh loyal and focused. And I like listened to it and I fell in love and I was like, I wanna do this. And then I <laughs> ain't turned back
3: since, you know?
1: Yeah. Hey. Um, um,
3: shit. Yeah, um, <laughs> <yeah>, Eleventh <laughs> grade <you>. 2015. <laughs>
0: right. Uh I just looked up. You and say, Yo, Wiki say you born in Denton, Texas. Uh are you Growing up, dude, did you listen to, like, uh, any, like, Swisher House, Mike Jones, Paul Wall, like, those rappers? Um, I was listening to I've heard pop. of... It's kind of
4: similar. Yes, the, yeah, I've heard of them, but I haven't really, like, super-duper got into their music yet. But I was I was born in Denton, but when I was six months old, I moved to Little Rock. Ah, uh, okay, okay.
3: Mm-hmm. Man, I know you, say you're 22 years old, man, so... I, like I said, hearing that list, man, as far as people that influence you, man, that's pretty impressive, especially with this new generation coming up, man. You know, y'all y'all get a lot of slack, too, man. But, you know, it's it's, it's it's a bunch of y'all, man, that's that's doing real good things, man. It's pretty much guided the right way mentally, man. So <laughs> what's it like as an up-and-coming artist, man, you know, in this industry? You know, you, sometimes people put out something that they put their heart into, man, and then some people just don't feel it. Ain't you know, sometimes you put out something that ain't no lot to playing around with, but a lot of people like it. But how do you adapt to that?
4: For sure. I mean, versatility is a big thing for me. Like, especially this year, a lot of the songs that I've dropped have been, like, very personal, vulnerable records. But I dropped this new song last week called Drop, and there's a dance challenge to it, and it's something fun for the club and for the radio. And people are gravitating gravitating towards that record, too. So it's, like, it's good to be a well-rounded artist and just offer those different different styles, and, like, just being younger like this, I'm aware that most people that are my age that are doing this, of course, they're not, like, as meaningful with it, and, um, it's cool, you can, you can make the party fun shit, that's cool and all, but I'm gonna give you that, and a whole lot more shit, like J. Cole would say. I
1: feel
4: right.
0: It's all about having substance (laughs) nowadays, uh, because the bubblegum shit, gone, we hear it, and we be done with it, but, like, you got something that really stick to somebody, how they feel, or touch Make somebody. How do you feel about uh, Triple Triple X before he uh, died? Was he uh, influenced, or did you like his music? Because from what playing. I
4: heard, from what I heard, I did enjoy it. I felt like he was very impactful. Rest in peace of the man, for sure. And I feel like God had major plans for him. And you know, it's it's unfortunate what happened, but he was a great guy.
0: What was one of your uh, biggest moments for you so far? I know when you got uh, verified on Instagram, you probably woke up like lit. So what, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a day. Where that was were. a day. Um,
4: probably when I had like I had my first video on Facebook get like a million views, or when I was on TV last year, or or when I saw people like tattooing my name on them or like crying to my songs. I was like,
1: <laughs> no, this is crazy. crazy You No. Know? <laughs> yeah.
0: That's what's, what's up. What, are, what is one of the best places you like to perform? Um,
4: I haven't performed much yet, but I can't wait to perform in like Dallas or LA or New York, you know, or Houston, just like all the major cities. I can't wait to go everywhere around
3: the world, you know. Right. Yes, sir. That's dope. Thank you. Yeah, man. I know one one of the great things as an artist, man, is to have your music touch people, man. That's I know that's a big up for you too. But as far as I know you gave, um, as far as some of your artists that influenced you, man, but which artist would you like to work with the most?
4: Probably Drake over everyone. Drake is, like, my number one. Like, I see him as, like, a father figure. Like, he was the father I never had, you know?
0: Yeah. That's deep. Yeah. For sure. That's what's up, man. Thank you. Well, who – Little Rock, can you give us a, like – a little summary of the hip hop scene in Little Rock, like like any local rappers or rappers that once made it from there before, or just like, just a little background, because I'm from Ohio, Beats is from Detroit, Solo from uh, Florida, so I'm not really familiar. Like, give us a little bit of uh, how it is there. The only, only thing I've heard about Little Rock was, of course, the Little Rock Nine, as far as history go yeah all hbo documentary that had like the gang culture in uh, little rock
4: right uh the cities that you guys listed you are from some amazing places by the way um little rock i mean like mainstream super duper enormously off top i can't really think of anyone from little rock i mean recently there's been a like a dance crew like zay and ceo they popped off mm-hmm. they're doing their thing it's incredible. Um, but like to a mainstream enormous, no one has done it yet. And I feel like I'm on the road to being the first one to do that.
0: Solely. Hey, y'all got Chelsea Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is that? Uh Chelsea Clinton. Uh Ooh, Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they said she's from uh Little Rock. I had to look look it up. And I did to see the guy Zay H D Roscoe Dash.
1: Yeah.
0: He's I, from Little Rock? Yeah, I didn't know that either. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that. I, it. I used to bump him harder like, oh, nine.
1: You're yeah, right. you
0: gave uh Big Sean, one of his first big hits, uh, Marvin Gaye and Chardonnay. Yep. Roscoe Dawson. That's a song. great song. There yeah. yeah. You know, he's from something. here. Yeah, I actually I used to work it. in radio, and when they used to do the ciphers, Big Sean would come down every Friday, and he was in a group. Um, with another guy named pat piff and mm. both of them were like the youngest guys in there uh with wolves guys who was managed by proof from d12 recipes right? to him so is it has there ever been a moment where like you were around some veterans that you basically had to prove yourself to and end up you know what i'm saying showing showing what you could do
4: um, that not unfortunately not really. I mean, I got to freestyle for Sway on Live recently, but like <laughs> not necessarily. Um, I've you know been in contact with a few people, like you know like Lil xan or Save the Gemini. Like we, we spoke a little bit, but not too many really know about me yet. But they're gonna know soon. Um, just a process, you know.
3: Same. Yes, sir. Yeah, I seen you you recorded your album, uh, only but Loyal. And uh, what's it called, Roaring Fork Valley? Yes, sir. Yeah, well, well, I mean, what was the purpose of going there, man? Is that like the, the temple, man? Kind of like to get away from everything? to Keep your head focused with it? That too, yeah.
4: So at the time, I had a friend. He he moved out there. He was like, yo, you should come through. You should move out here. You know, there's a studio. Because at the time, I was, you know, doing stuff in my room. Um, and I ended up coming back full circle to that. But at the time, I went out there. And I was working in the studio, and I did that album at that time. It's just different out there. It's so secluded. It's like some shit where
0: Kanye will work, you know? Mm. Like yeah, yeah. Wyoming, <laughs> we were just talking about that. It's, it's basically Kanye and Wyoming and everything. Hell yeah. So do you do your own engineering and pro-tools? Like, uh, I, I make music, and, like, I do, I'm a do-it-yourself person. I do everything in my uh, – by, are you like that or are you reaching out to the, your you got friends or reaching out to other people that just do it by trade to help you mix it okay. down and get the right songs?
4: I love that question. I'm on some rush for sure. I do everything. I don't make beats, but I go from like writing, recording, mixing, mastering, promotion. I make my own merch. I sell my own merch. When I start touring, I'm gonna rent the venues out. I'm trying to do everything independently until it's time to partner with the major. And then, then, you know, things will change. But, yeah, I do everything myself for the most part.
0: So you do eventually want to sign with a major, or you would like to stay in the community?
4: No, I want to go major and go mainstream for sure. I'm 22, so realistically maybe like 24, 25, 26. I still got a ways to go, but it's coming.
0: Phil, I know you got some good uh, contract like this. Like, I know you got a question about – Beats is a manager himself, and he does – so, I know you got a good question about uh, independent versus like <laughs> It's a few questions. It's a like, lot. Is it, is it worth um, giving up a little bit of the pie for the promotion portion of your uh, career?
3: I've
4: never really invested in the promotion, so I wouldn't know really from personal experience. But if it, if it helps, then by all means, you know? So.
3: You muted us all. Say what? My bad. This is my last question for me, man, as far as, like, how you adjusting, man, through a, as far as getting your music out there through this whole quarantine period.
4: I feel you. Um, It's really just been, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, why are you dropping music during these hard times? We have bigger things to focus on. But it's like, people are in pain, and people need an escape, and that's what music is for some people. So it's like, I'm actually dropping this freestyle tonight it's going to be my take of what's been going on on my Instagram, what's been going on, you know, with the Floyd thing. And I feel like it's going to touch a lot of people. Um, but you just, music is, it's music. It's, um, you know, it's therapeutic for people. It's, especially in times like this. Yes, sir. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, 22, how far
0: mm-hmm. does your uh, musical takes go? Say one more time. You being 22, how far back does your uh, musical taste go, as far as uh, music?
4: Like, what Like, list- how long have I? Oh, um, I like a lot of like old school hip hop. I like everything. Really. I'm not a fan of country music, but like when it comes to hip hop, I'm like I've done every- researched everyone, you know. All right. But really, I just listen to Drake every day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we go. I'm 32, he's, like, 34, so we go back to, like, Crush Groove and L. Cool J and all the way <laughs> up. Uh, Drake, Drake our age. So, but I'm definitely – I'm with you. I know, right? Yeah, Drake my dude, though. Hell, he, yeah. I like a lot of – Yeah, me and aunt Hell Cousins. Yeah. So, uh, my uncle had a record collection, and the first record we used to listen to was Run DMC first album. Yeah, we – we Man, got- that's classic. That's <laughs> classic stuff right
1: there. That's mm-hmm.
3: yes, sad. Hey, man, but, hey, I wish you the best, man, on your future, man. You, tell, you got a good head on your, soldier, on your shoulders, man. You've very Telly to Dude. You got a good cause, man, as far as rapping, as far as getting the message out there, man. So before you head out, man, just give everybody your social media feed. How can they reach you? How can they uh, connect you through your music?
4: For sure. First of all, thank you for this opportunity. I hope you guys keep doing what you're doing because it's definitely amazing. Um, it's Metallic, Alec, M-E-T-A-L-E-C. A-L-E-C, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. You just Google me, all the handles will pop up. But I'm mainly promoting my Spotify. That's where things are popping. So you got to check me out there. There's a whole catalog of like 115 songs right now. Hey,
3: that's dope. Bet that up, man. We'll give you a follow, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you coming on, man. Salute. appreciate you. Yes, Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: Appreciate
4: you guys. Come back. back. Can you drop
0: something? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Next up, we have Tasha B. Braxton. She's an author. She also stands up for the black community and she's a former singer. She brought a great interview. You definitely want to check out her book. It's called Dark Chains. Up next, Tasha B. Braxton. Check out the interview with the pod. We
5: can't do that. We have to really pay attention, so it's yeah. irritating, and and we're fed up. So I'm sorry, I keep
0: talking about this shit. Oh that's no, what Kid, we, that's what we like here. We like. Laugh, we
5: <laughs> it's irritating, you <laughs> know. Not but money. I think our era, we're coming into. What's going on is is meant to. Ha- what's going on was meant to go on this way. It's not a coincidence that everyone's just waking up and having these thoughts at the same time. Like, this is the era to be like, fuck that. Enough. You know, we're we're also, you know, we're sitting up here dealing with what we were so-called taught growing up. That's a big part of a problem. It feels like it's just us, the new ones coming up and then the older generation, they're not, they're just so set on their old ways and not, they're not listening, but we're the ones bringing this fucking change. Everybody's fed up. We don't care. This generation won't give a fuck. We're like, this is what it is. We're open about it and it is
0: what it is. As a black woman, what do you feel like is harder to tackle, uh, patriarchy or the racism? You have to fight two things at the same time. Okay, you
1: uh, lost your audio. I don't think you can hear
5: us. Fight the racism and fight the sexism and the misogyny and all the shit that we're used to that. We're we're at the point where we want we would finally like to work together with our black men. It's time for us to just be together. So we're
0: audio going in and out. your audio going in and out. Can't hear, can't hear you. <laughs> Hello. I can't even
1: hear you.
5: I can hear you guys now. Did I freeze? I froze out. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, your yes. audio was going in and out for a little minute.
1: Yes. Um
5: so. yeah, but honestly we just we should we just need to all just um work together and do what it is that we have to do. Um and you know.
0: So where are you where are you actually uh, coming from and what inspired you to actually start writing?
5: Where am I coming from? Like where am I from? Yes. I was born in Hampton, Virginia. And I was raised in the DMV area. Um, I started writing a long, long time ago. I started writing music at first and um, still do. It's definitely a passion of mine, but I just woke up one day and was just like, I'm about to write this book about my life, you know, because I went through a whole bunch of stuff. So it was just one of those just self-realization things. I really feel like I just woke up like, yeah, I'm going to like switch gears real quick and write yes. this book because I'm sure it's a whole bunch of people who you know have the same story that I have that are just confused and they're they don't have they don't have the confidence and the inner self-esteem and haven't done the inner work to realize like you know you're not the only one and you can get out of
1: whatever it is about
5: to get in about it like your life does not have to be the way that it, that it is people need hope
3: yeah, you music? I'm huh?
5: sorry
3: you off. go ahead I'm sorry for cutting you off am
5: I doing what with the music
3: are you you plan on going back to music? As you know I say mm, no.
5: Yeah, I don't have a problem with because I do do some things inside. Like I'll write music for like TV or whatever. That's dope. I love that. I like being in my own space.
3: Yeah, for sure.
5: Creating in my own way. And I can send it all to you. You can do whatever it is that you need to do with it. I don't I don't have time to be doing a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> as
0: far as uh, literature goes, who's your influences?
1: Oh my God, that's
5: hard. That's hard, cause right now, I'm reading this um, Nat Turner book. Where should I get it? Booba. give me my Nat Turner book. It's orange, Ooh. I have so many books, but I really like Buddhism. Anything Buddhism, anything self-help, I love buddhism i love african spirituality um you know i mean that's just i always go back to that so that's just pretty much my li- my my niche um i'm a behavioral science major so i love anything psychology um i really cram any type of, i love perspectives i really you
0: know I like the are, you from, are you familiar with ifa and yoruba religion i am who, who, yoruba who is your crown, Orisha, or who do you like? <laughs> who
5: Chango, do you like to you? Chango Chango is my papa. Yamaya is my mom. You don't see it? <laughs> yes. So I've never got asked that before. That's funny. Um, I'm
0: a, a child of Olokun, the water. And that's who I um, reckon with a lot. Oh, okay yes uh that's definitely a, a big part of Af- african spirituality i think a it lot is. of need to learn it more is. about it's uh basically our gods who we worship before christianity was
5: right. forced
1: on to yeah. us right.
5: right no really and it comes it's just it's, it's it's just so beautiful how how you just find out <laughs> it's like oh my god like i get it you know what i mean it's like yes yes. get it's lessons, it's so much. Oh my God, it's just so much. So I don't even know when to begin with that either because that's the whole thing.
0: Yeah, you know. people, it's kind of scare people off for real, but that's oh, how you please.
5: know. please, you know what? Whatever, that's their problem. People too comfortable with being in their little, their scared bubble with their little false beliefs and their little inaccurate fucking information. That's the fucking problem, shit. Yes. I don't understand why people want to, why? How is that? How is ignorance comfortable to you? I want to know what's going on. I want to know.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm,
5: I'm not trying to be like, people are so afraid. I get it. Like, you know, honestly, and I'm going to say this again, it's a lot of that older generation with that mentality. Like, oh, if we look away, it's not there. No, nigga, this is the problem. Like, it's here. <laughs>
1: so what are you going to do with it?
5: What you gonna do about it? Like, what the fuck? Y'all keep sweeping shit under the rug and then y'all are just afraid of honesty and truth and raw in your face. Hello, like, yeah. that's right. the fucking problem. Yes. <laughs> I can
1: go that's on and
0: a, on about this shit. That's why us together as a team, we feel like we wanna put on for a platform to talk about those things. And that's why we happy to have a guest like you, a black author, black woman author, perfect timing for you to speak on uh, the events that's going on. And we right. definitely give you a bigger platform, um, help you spread your message about your story.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's dope. Guys,
0: you got it. Mm-hmm. That's we, dope. We, we I like all that. about building black businesses and informing people. Right. I'm Silo, that's his main thing is you got to look at it from both sides and finding the middle point right. instead of everybody just so biased. Like you can speak
3: on that, solo. Yeah. We were just talking about, especially with politics and stuff, with liberals and conservatives, I'm like, you ain't, you ain't got to take one side or the other. That's, I mean, that's, that's part of the problem with the country today, man. People take one side or the other, but they're not really looking right. at what's right and what's wrong. You know what I'm saying? So
5: they not even looking at the information and shit.
3: Yeah. I'm saying I was, like, I was on Facebook the other day. It was funny cause you know, you have, It's an article saying, "Oh, this child is missing," but I'm like, "You gotta click the article to see." You You gotta read. Yeah. I got tired of telling people like, I got tired of telling people like, "Yeah, the the child been found three days ago, man." Like (laughs) this article. I get it. -hmm. I get it. It's really it's frustrating because it's like you know, and then you have
5: people who are just afraid to speak up on their views because they know they're not gonna be heard anymore. Because as soon as somebody understands what. What, what, what team are you on? What side are you on? They stop listening to you and shit. So I was just yeah. like, damn,
1: exactly. you know what I'm saying? It's
5: just, the fuck is wrong with y'all? Like, I'll, you know, I'll watch conferences and stuff, and then I'll go the media and just literally listen to somebody just twist the person's words. I'm like, oh my God, like, he didn't say that, she didn't say that. What the fuck, I mean, why are y'all it? Like, that shit doesn't make it, it's so petty to me. It's petty, yeah. man, and they're all distractions. And it's just, it's come on, it's just, we cannot, I love my apps, I love my smart TVs, but we cannot be that lazy to where we just want fucking information fed to us, just sit there like a fucking toddler and get a spoon fed to us and shit, and then be mad and wanna fucking, you know, be all in your feelings, cause shit isn't how it's supposed to be.
1: Right. Exactly. Y'all wanna
5: argue before really making a change, that's the fucking problem, man, I be so irritated. And I'm just I'm loving these young people because it's the young people like what the fuck have y'all niggas been doing? <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck have y'all been doing? Oh now we gotta fiction everybody mad at us because we fucking truthful. Get the fuck out of it. That's crazy to me. I'm sorry. That's but I'm, I'm passionate because I think we can all realize that it started with our personal lives. It started with us noticing that shit in our families and in our everyday lives. And then it's like, fuck that. Like, if I can be this way, if I can be myself and be like, so I'm the black sheep. Fuck what y'all think. Fuck what has been going on. I'm developing myself for me right now. If we could do that shit in our own families. Imagine.
0: Can you hear me? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you yes. I actually
0: saw you sound like me. a list somebody had made a list of people who were canceled because of the recent I'm events. sorry and you up. somebody,
1: somebody made,
0: a- made a list of people who were canceled because of the recent events and people speaking out and LL right. was on it and the tweet that he made was verbatim imagine, how was imagine how was being raised raising a a, a biracial child would feel right now. It's crazy. It's scary. She's married to a a white man and said basically the exact same thing and she didn't really get any backlash.
1: Mm.
0: You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like we're saying the same things but they're being taken differently. Right. Who's saying it or how they're saying it.
5: Yeah, I think people need to be more open with people's perspectives. And then we also have to understand that um, not saying that, you know, even when I say this, not saying that what they're saying is right. It's just that people only understand from their experiences what they've been through and all of that other shit. Secret. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I think if everybody's just open minded, if we could be logical here and be like, okay, yeah, you know, you're wrong. This is racist and check I'm check you. And then you mm. on the other side, like, damn, you know, yeah, I am closed minded, I shit. I was raised by people who were like this. They were racist. So it's, it's, it's like, oh my God. It's just, it's just, yes. it's exactly. just, you know, like I said, I'm a behavioral science major. This is what I do. It's not about, um it's about breaking down your the mental, the mind, where they're coming from, what the problem really is. You got to break down the data to find solutions. Everybody want a solution, but how are you going to get it? You got to break the shit down. You got to surge in the shit. I mean, that's what it is. It's yeah. science.
3: You sound like me a couple days ago. Vent to my girl. But yeah, <laughs> I, I def- ain't nothing wrong with healthy debates, man. Ain't nothing
5: wrong with it.
3: Yeah, I definitely agree with you that it start. It starts with yourself first, man. Especially mm-hmm. you know, black folks people in general, man. They got a lot of internal issues going on. They don't, and they feel like it doesn't need to be addressed, but mm-hmm. they don't realize those issues are causing probably more than half the problems in your life. Just because we can't yeah. get where we are but right. I definitely feel you on that
5: yeah it's time for real life solutions and yeah we fed up we angry absolutely what? we have every right to be sometimes you gotta show motherfuckers what you about to create They change it's respect it is what it is we've been doing it for centuries
0: so everybody yes. knows how to
5: gain respect what?
0: Mm-hmm. what is your main like What now we got them listening what would you want to happen first like what's mission number one like mission number him?
5: one with what like what's going on with the events right now
0: yes in the world society no oh yeah first position. you
5: can lock up those police officers that, that fucking they're <laughs> on my man you could do that you could lock them up for killing him in cold blood with no compassion but your evil asses you can lock them up forever or and or lock them up for a little bit then give them the death penalty for that shit. Shit, honestly, I'm very old school. When I say old school, oh, oh, I'm the like take a sword, cut the head, roll it, boom, right in front yeah. of everybody, just like how y'all did it. Oh <laughs> y'all, but you know we can't do that. <laughs> so lock them up a little bit, make them deal with the the angry black people, make them deal with them angry black people in themselves and them other people that don't don't play that shit. Then that's it. Y'all clocked out, just like how y'all did George Foote. It is what it is.
0: I like that. (laughs) Bill, you got any other questions? Yeah, I just wanted to ask, as far as with, um, you did music before, from what Mm -hmm. I hear. Um, What drove the transition from doing music to writing?
5: (sighs) I was honestly just really tired of, like, the industry, honestly. Mm. I I wanted something real. I wanted something organic. I wanted people... That I could trust people who, you know, was on the same page as me. I was looking to grow. And, then you, you know, I come from a very abusive environment. You know, I grew up in an abusive household. I didn't want who the fuck I am and what I should look like.
1: Mm.
5: That was the problem. If I want to grow as women, we grow. We're divine creatures. We grow. When we grow, we have different mindsets. You see it on the outside of us. You're not going to tell me I can't have my hair like this and I can't gain a little weight here because mm. that's not what you signed and it's not marketable i don't give a fuck i need somebody that's going to understand that i'm going to change yes. so what are you going to do you going to change with me are we going to make this work or what because you're not going to just have me stagnant mm. that was the problem that i had oh. <laughs>
3: My just sent a quote about that. It was like, I would rather be alone with dignity than in a relationship that requires me to sacrifice myself for stuff. But it's
5: fuck that. I'd rather be alone and goddamn free. How the fuck I look like. <laughs> yeah.
3: facts.
0: I like that.
1: Yeah.
0: So you were an awesome guest. We don't want to hold <clears> you. <throat> but we definitely, you're you going to have to make uh, a few appearances. You got to come <laughs> especially this was like spur of the moment and it was like, right. you dropped know, the park. but we, we want to feature you a, a couple of times a year. You definitely got Oh, come. that's
5: awesome. I would love to. I have fun. Yeah. Uh, thank you for it. being so real. You guys, I enjoy y'all. Keep it up.
3: Yeah, never, pre- never be silenced. I appreciate the energy, man. For real. All right.
0: <laughs> uh, shout out to some of your uh, social media platforms and what's next you? Like?
5: Okay. So my Twitter is, this is my old artist name. I can't change that shit because I'm verified. So it's it's Miss Champagne with i Z. I'm stuck with it. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram. Instagram, though, is um, at Tasha B. Braxton. So, um, yeah, Facebook, and yeah, it's just there. Whatever. I'm there, too, but I don't really be on there like that. And what's next is I just found an investor for my book. So, we're about to do something new, you know, and get to that I have not touched yet. And I'm excited about that. So, that's pretty much it. And waiting to see what the fuck they're going to do with these cities. (laughs) So, I guess we're all just waiting. But yeah, that's it.
0: Definitely. I appreciate you once again. And thanks for coming. We're going to tag you in the uh, final product.
5: Okay. Awesome. All right, y'all.
0: Yes, ma'am.
1: Have a
0: good that. weekend. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Eight Oh Eight and Drake, the Whatever podcast on U Choice Radio. You can find both podcasts on Spotify or Apple. We'll be back next week every Saturday at eleven a.m. Eastern Standard Time. U Choice Radio.